Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. I am your host, as always, Coach Steve. Guys, we are back for another episode today for our Dynasty Rewind today. Uh, Coach Jibs, he'll be joining us shortly. Uh, he run a little bit behind on his schedule for the day. Uh, we were going to have a, a big uh, announcement for you, but we're going to save that for next week, unfortunately. But uh, if you didn't see it on our Twitter already, we'll, we'll, I'll wait before I kind of go nuts about that. But we'll announce that next week. But we do have a fantastic guest on today's show here. Steve, buddy, what is going on, man? Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Uh, it's been too long, obviously. Anytime we get together, it's been too long. But obviously, you've been on the show. Uh, I've been on your show here. And uh, it's just great always to chat football with you, man. Yeah, absolutely. I know we've had some recent issues trying to get on each other's show over the last couple of months, but I'm um, finally we able to reconnect here now and uh, talk some football today, man. We were talking golf uh, off air, so I'll just use the the phrase. I mean, it, it's par for the course in this industry. I mean, we it's tough sometimes to schedule, uh, you know, podcast, uh, you know, guests and everything. Because I, I know how it is being a host myself of the hot take. So uh, it, it can be difficult sometimes. But here we are, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to chat it up. I'm ready for the off season. You know, it's it's a fun time of year, honestly, for us for us fantasy guys. <laughs> I think it is, and it's because it's because we get absorb so much more information in a in a less quick time frame. You know, during the season, it's like we have to absorb as much as we can real quickly, and if we don't get it, we don't get it. We just got to go roll with it. Now we have that time to absorb everything that just happened this season and really think about a lot of these fantasy players, and that's kind of what we've been doing over this last month or so now with these these divisions. So it's great to get you on. But uh, before we do get started for the night, you know, how's everything with the podcast, man? How, how are you guys doing over there? Good, man. Me and Josh uh, had a great season. We brought on our uh, our my longtime friend, uh, Dan Berman, who, I mean, it's honestly incredible. Thrive uh, Fantasy, uh, if you don't know, it's a prop, prop platform. Um, and you're able to, you know, just – do about 20, I believe it's 20 picks every week. And, you know, if you uh, rank highly, you're going to win some cash and thrive this year. There was uh, some overlay a lot of times with these contests and our, our, our friend, Dr. Berman took down a lot of contests this year. So thrive brought us on. We brought on Dan to be our third because I knew that he's very sharp in the DFS streets. Wanted to bring on somebody who potentially could win a lot of cash. And that's what he did in this year. Uh, I think he took home $17,000 in winnings uh, through Thrive uh, contests, including uh, he won one of the big contest, one of the bigger contests on there on the Super Bowl, took, took home $1,000. Um, so there was advantages to be had, and we were trying to help people win all year with it. And it was a great time, man. So that's where we're at. We're in the offseason right now. We're going to get to, like I said, like dynasty stuff in the offseason. We're going to do a startup. Uh, mock draft pretty soon here so yeah man it's fun like i said like you know for us who play fantasy year round like this time of year is very special in a way because you know if you are doing dynasty startups 
there's not much more uh, like we love drafting, right? Of course. Drafting is like the best part of it. And dynasty startups are probably one of the more fun drafts you could do. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm trying my best not to start another another draft. I know I, I started one recently, but it wasn't a traditional dynasty league because I love to come up with creative ideas to start dynasty leagues. And hopefully I do have one. I will be starting sometime in, I think, May after after the draft. People want to do it after the draft. So that's going to be fun. But it is definitely 100% fun to play some startups. It's always great to go get your guys instead of having to trade for them during the yeah. draft. So. Yeah. And I think we have Coach Jibs on the air now. Let's see. Coach Jibs. Oh, you booted me, man. Why are you oh, booting me? Brother. What's up, man? <laughs> What's going on, guys? Sorry, I'm late. What's it's up, man? All good, man. It's all What's good. Up? Man. What's up? Not much, man. Just we're talking some football today, man. You missed the big conversation earlier. We're talking about golf. Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> brings me wild golfing, you know. Didn't do that great today, but, you know, that's why I'm not a professional golfer, so. <laughs> well, just be strong on the back uh, nine or the back half. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yeah, well, maybe it's next good time. Advice. It's good advice. It is a good advice. Maybe next time when it's another nice day in New Jersey. So uh, we'll go from there. So we got get, we have a long episode for you guys today. Obviously, if you've been following us, we're doing our Dynasty Rewind. We're doing each division, kind of going over some bigger, important questions for each division and kind of going through that and a Dynasty spin to it. So we've done the first three divisions of the AFC East and now we're on our last one and and it's the AFC West so uh, I'll pull up my slides because that's my new thing now we got some slides now on the show which is a lot of fun and we'll start with the news for the day guys and there's not much and it's mostly sur- surrounded around Tom Brady really really honestly I mean if you haven't heard the rumors of coach uh, Bruce Arians had some drama with Brady and then he says no that's not true there were no issues and then it was brought up again and then Michael Fabiano uh, Michael Florio, not Fabiano, Michael Florio, you know, thinks that Tom Brady could end up landing in the 49ers. Uh, it's definitely some interesting takes here. But do you guys believe Brady comes back this season? Like what is like one out of 10? What's the what's the take on Brady actually coming back for the 2022 season? Uh, Steve, I'll let you go on that, man. Uh, I would put it like four uh, or yeah, a three or four. I, I wouldn't think it's likely at all, but I think there's a non-zero chance. Um if it's not this year, you know, it it wouldn't even be the craziest thing if he comes back in 2023. Maybe he takes the year off and, you know, maybe something happens. A situation opens up and he feels like he can get another ring. I mean, that wouldn't be the craziest thing. I think that would maybe be more likely than him coming back this year. I, I kind of I'm on the same page with you as well. And that Coach Jibs, I mean, how do you feel about it? I'm lukewarm. I'd say it's like a five. Like, obviously, as. I, I'm on the opposite angle. I think as the years uh, go uh, digress, I think he will be more likely not to play. But 49ers is a setup to, for success. Good defense, home routes. Like, it's just looking all there for him. So, like, hopefully he doesn't come back, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be some big news. He is still under contract with the Bucks, so that would have to be some things to work out if the 49ers were to actually make a splash like that. But, yeah, I mean, I think you should definitely be holding on to him in Dynasty. I think I've had two of my leagues people drop Tom Brady. I get it, but I quickly went out there and scooped him up because you just don't know. And I think over the next two seasons, you should just hold on to him. God forbid he does come back. I mean, it might not be likely, but there is a chance. Tom, Tom Brady hasn't gone through August and not played football in over 20 years. 
you tell me August comes and he doesn't have that itch to come back, we'll find out sure enough. So, uh, but we're going to get into our main topic for the day, guys, and it's the AFC South, uh, AFC West. And there are so many big people in this division here, so many hard hitters. And we're going to start with one of the division winners, and it was the Kansas City Chiefs this year. And and they're probably their biggest asset on their team. Obviously, they spent a lot of money over the next 10 years to have this man, Patrick Mahomes there, guys. And I think going into last season, Patrick Mahomes was a kind of a quarterback in Dynasty. It's like if you get him, you're going to have to pay up big for him. And he was worth paying up big to get Patrick Mahomes. And we saw at times this year that Superman Patrick Mahomes kind of had some flaws to his overall weekly fantasy game. But, Steve, man, is Mahomes worth the investment in getting him or is he kind of just like packaged with other he's is he does he stand alone for you in dynasty in super flex he's worth it um i think at a certain point with single quarterback leagues i'm always hesitant to invest in a quarterback um but you know there are exceptions to elite guys in in dynasty you want uh and i include lamar jackson in that category Kyler showed his ass this year. I, I'm kind of off on Kyler as far as like how I feel about him right now. Um, but I do want to put him in that. And obviously Josh Allen is in there. So Mahomes, if people are worried about, you know, a chink in the armor here or whatever, you know, I, I would, I would buy that, you know, I would try to take advantage of that. Um, but I, I think, you know, in like a super flex league, like Mahomes value is, is, you know, it, it's what more do you want in a quarterback in a dynasty league right now? So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's worth paying for in a super flex for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's definitely shown us over this three seasons that he's he is a top-tier dynasty quarterback. Coach Jibs, what is your take on the situation? Uh, he's worth every penny you put it into him, I believe. Like, the guy hasn't finished less than fourth in the QB, like, finishes his fantasy. And um, I guess, like, out of the last three years, I think he finished seventh in um, one of those years. But still... If I'm getting someone who's putting up top seven numbers and I don't have to worry about it, like, and I know I don't have to worry about it to a degree with Mahomes, like, sure, he had, like, some of his bad weeks where he's not really putting up numbers, not getting the touchdowns. But if I'm getting that out of – if I'm getting someone, like, I'll say – I don't know. Let's say, like, Jalen Hurts, like, because he was putting up, like, sub-tier, like, quarterback one numbers, like, throughout the season. But I, if I could get someone with more consistency, I'd rather have Mahomes, like, definitely. So, like, for sure, you sign me up with Mahomes any day of the week. But obviously, like, in Superflex, like you're saying, like, it's going to take so much to move him. Like, do you really want to gut your team or kind of, like, mortgage your future? Yeah. But, like, if you do it and your team's kind of, like, ready to be, like, ready-made for the championship, go ahead and do it. I think it would be worth it. Right. That, that's a good point, Gibbs, because, like, Anyone with some sense that has Mahomes is going to be asking for a lot in, in in any circumstance, but especially in Superflex when that quarterback is so valuable. So if you want him in that instance, yeah, it, it might cost you a pretty penny. So at that point, you really do have to evaluate, of course. Um, but yeah, any chance that you can make your team better, make your team you know competitive, more competitive than it was before uh, for a championship, because that's what you would be doing if you're moving it does feel like uh, that would be someone who's set up to win because you would, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm off on that. Maybe because you would have to move like a pretty key piece, I guess, you know, you would probably have to move a wide receiver one, maybe a high draft pick. If you're get if you're moving picks, 
you know, and maybe like some young talent to get a quarterback like Mahomes. Yeah, I think it makes sense to try to make your team better. Right, right. And that was kind of like my whole point was like, to me personally, it's like he's a top tier echelon quarterback in Dynasty for sure. But people were, you know, trading, you know, the top 10 kind of quarterbacks and other things to get him. And I think he showed us this year that he falls into a group of many quarterbacks. He's not by himself personally. And this is how I feel. He's not personally by himself on a pedestal. There are other quarterbacks in Dynasty that I think that are in the same category. I don't think he is a guy who is a Sherlock, no matter what top tier by himself guy, he is in a mix about four or five different quarterbacks. And I, you know, we saw a lot last year personally to me and some of my dynasty people trading some of those similar players for Pat Mahomes in that greater fashion. I think, right. I think that's where you're the overvaluation for a guy like Mahomes showed us this year that he can have bad games. So yeah, Hanging up is good if you're looking for that giant step. Look, get evaluate your levels. But him in a similar chair with other quarterbacks who you think could be really good, it might not be worth trading for him. It'll be interesting, man. I think that this is going to be the year where Kansas City like really adds a legitimate option at wide receiver. Um, that, that's been missing from this team for a little while, and I think more than ever this year they needed that. You know. Um, it's Kelsey and, and Tyreek and they're good enough, but you know, they need, they need somebody else. And if that happens, then I, I think that you'll see less bad games from Mahomes. like this year, I think was an outlier compared to what we're going to see for the next two, three years. Right. It, it was devastating to your team. If you spend high capital on Mahomes, uh, especially in single quarterback leagues, uh, I don't think I would, I would bet on that not happening for the next two years and the frequency that it did this year. Right. Exactly. So no, I, I love the point on that. So we lost coach Jibs. Hopefully he gets back into our, into our stream at some point soon here. So uh, let's head over to the next section here. And, and it's, it's his core of uh, skilled players here now. And obviously Travis Kelsey, he's 32 years old. He's going to be 33 years old. Tyreek Hill is pushing 28 years old now. And, and I was going to let Jibs go first on this one, Steve, but you know, is it time to sell out from under these guys? Is it time to get rid of Travis Kelsey? Is it time to get rid of, Tyreek Hill at their peak value, or are you just kind of holding on to these guys for the long haul because they can end up just being good fantasy assets no matter how much older they get? Yeah, I would definitely be willing to uh, try to move both, uh, see what you can get. Uh, not, not you know, not necessarily try to move them. Let me rephrase. You know, fish them out there and see what what is out there because I think Kelsey's very interesting in that if you can get an Andrews maybe do it. Maybe someone's going to value Kelsey heavily and they think that getting him and, you know, trading straight up for Andrews, or maybe you can get a little bit more, um, you know, someone like that, um, you know, but it's going to be really tough because obviously the advantage that Kelsey gives you. So um, he might be more of a hold than Tyreek where you can maybe uh, float him out there and, and see what you can get. Because if you can get like a, let's say a first round pick and somebody like Michael Pittman and maybe a first round pick and you're eyeing somebody in the first round, like all of a sudden you're doubling up on receivers that if you take that chance, maybe you get Pittman who he has a next, a very good next three years, depending on what happens with the quarterback situations of all unknown, but it's just an example of, maybe you can double up there with Tyreek and get like two really good receivers, um, something like that. 
And that's like a nice evaluation take on kind of both these players here. Coach Jibs, my friend, how do you feel about these, you know, these superstars here? Uh, are you are you on the boat of trying to get them off your team or do you think they just provide long term value for you? I'm feeling better about these two than my uh, Internet provider. So um, just to say the least, but for those two, they're pretty Interesting, like, because, like, normally I would be, like, trying to sell off, like, a player like Kelsey who's provided such substantial, like, value in the tight end position. And he's, like you said, he's 32 years old. And it's kind of like that good window where you kind of want to, like, get off a rising, I mean, like, an emerging star like that. But this is a tight end, and, like, tight ends are like a dime a dozen. I don't know if I could, like, do it as, like, I can't do it soon, but, like, I'll probably want to ride out one more year with them. But, like, I like I think to float Hill around. Like, if I could get Hill and I could kind of package them into, like, one of those young elite wide receivers that have been coming out, like, last two years, like a Jefferson or, like, a Chase, for instance, uh, I'll probably try to dabble in that, though. Because, like, a speedster like Hill, obviously, like, he's going to slow down eventually five times undefeated and he's going to have as much separation. Like he's not as big as the other receivers and such like that. So that could be like something that like lowers his efficiency as he gets older, but such these guys are like elite though. So like don't want to like drop them off your team for none. Right. And that's the important thing in dynasty is to never sell short on players that you value very high. And when it comes to Travis Kelsey, I think, unless you're getting Mark Andrews, like Steve said, or Kyle Pitts, you might as well just hold on to him and kind of ride him out because, you know, how hard is it to find a young tight end to really step up? I mean, unless you're taking shots on Cole Komet, Pat Firemuth, I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get from them. At least, you know, Travis Kelsey has done it. And if he follows anything like Tony Gonzalez's career, her give you maybe three or four more seasons of 800 yard seasons, which is not bad if you're by the time in a year or two, when you start going competing, you have a tight end that can do something decent. So unless you're getting one of those two guys, I'm just going to hold on to Kelsey. Tyreek Hill, yeah, I kind of like to package him and try to get someone younger. But again, don't oversell. Don't don't sell for short. I mean, Tyreek Hill is only going to be 27 years old or 28. I can't remember off the top of my head. But he's someone who's just going to continue over the next few seasons to be an elite level. And if you aren't liking what you get, you can't get that young talent, then just hold on to him. And he's going to be a tie to Pat Mahomes for the next – next three or four seasons. So. I, have, I have something to throw out real quick. Yeah, uh, so let's say you, you made the playoffs. You lost in the first round this year. You're a dynasty team. Would you trade Tyreek Hill for Jalen Waddle, Steve, Jalen Waddle, <laughs> and a first round pick in dynasty? Uh, where is the first round pick at? Let's say it's 104. Absolutely. 100%. One hundred. So I mean, and that's p- very possible to do. It, it is. It is. I mean, people are really high on Waddle right now, and I love it. So it might be hard, but if if you're getting that package, you're getting younger. Take the the less high power offense, but he's still going to be the number one, and you're getting a top four pick. Which again, this class draft class isn't that great, but there are some guys in the top heavy that will provide you with some elite fantasy production for the future. So absolutely. Great. That would be a great trade. All right. All right. So let's over to somebody on the Chiefs that are, isn't as explosive or as high power as some of these other guys here. And, and it's Michael Harmon. 
And he's just been a guy I know in Madden, Jibs loves him in Madden, but in Madden <laughs> right now, <laughs> you know, we've been waiting for him to take the next level and it just never seems like, it. and he's going in the last year of his contract. Now he's actually had a career high this season in every possible category here besides touchdowns. Uh, Jibs, I'll let you kind of go first on this. Is this the last shot of Michael Harmon or has that passed already? And, what are you doing with me, Cole, if you can't? It's past ready. I honestly believe he's just another one of those uh, role players that you see on the Chiefs offense. I think they're all interchangeable, to be honest, at this point behind, behind Tyreek Hill. So um, I don't know if you're going to be fetching, like, I guess, where he's going, like, second-round value in the rookie drafts when he was coming out. I don't think you're going to get that anymore but like maybe he could be like a nice little add-on piece for you in a trade just to get to another player of higher value that you like done so like that's the only thing i can see on Miko Harmon, unfortunately yeah it shows up in the playoffs but like it just doesn't seem to happen during the regular season yeah unfortunately our fantasy season to rely on the fantasy regular on the regular season to really help our value but uh City, man, are you kind of on the same boat? You know, is there no hope at this point for you when it comes to Mikko Harmon in fantasy? Yeah, Gibbs kind of put it pretty well when he said he's just a role player on the Chiefs offense. And he's kind of like a guy that the Chiefs have liked for years, you know. Um, so, yeah, he, he's he's just that at this point. I think he had a decent season. You know, if he gets into the end zone a little bit more, maybe, you know, we're looking at that fantasy finish and we like it a little bit more. Um, can he do this again? Yeah, he can do this again this year. But again, like I said, I, I just have a feeling that this year, based on what we saw with the Chiefs offense, they're actually going to get somebody who's going to be like the legitimate wide receiver, too, um, which just hasn't happened for this team um, in a long time. So if that happens, that'll really kind of see, you know, we'll see the writing on the wall right there. Right. And I, I kind of like both of you guys' take on the matter here. And at the end of the day, guys, it's. And I think Jib said it best here when it comes to using Miko Harmon as an extra piece in a trade. Because no one's going to just want Miko Harmon at this point. And he's shown us that he can't be a reliable fantasy quarterback, only three games over top 36 finishes all season. He's just kind of an added piece like, hey, like I'll give you a piece of the Chiefs offense here and, and see if that will just sweeten up the pot of what we're trying to do here. And maybe someone will bite on that. That's, I think the best way to kind of describe Miko Harmon is a is an upside offensive piece than an actual fantasy talent. Yeah, or on the flip side, if you're making the deal and it's like you got it done, it's like, nah, just throw in Miko Hartman also. Like you said, nobody wants him. Yeah. But you just get him all of a sudden, and then who knows, you know? Like, but maybe someone might just throw him in as a piece and all of a sudden you have him, and he's just there. You know, you don't have to worry about it. If you don't have to play him, he's a lot better for your team. Exactly. And you, we don't know. We, I mean, at this point, we kind of understand that maybe he's not a real asset to be consistent. But, you know, we've seen the older players. We've seen players kind of wait until their five or six years to really explode. We've seen it before. So, yeah, that's another way to look at it on the other side of a trade spectrum. All right. So let's head over to the next division here. And it's the Las Vegas Raiders. And we'll start with Josh Jacobs. And Josh Jacobs, guys, I mean... Talk about a season for him, someone who kind of was just uh, a frustrating fantasy asset early on in the season. And then Kenyon Drake goes down and he really takes the next level in his game here. And he's right now kind of being personally underrated in fantasy and he's becoming an asshole. People want to kind of trade for on the down low. But uh, Jim, I don't know, Steve, I'm going to let you go first on this one. How do you feel about Josh Jacobs? He's someone that's underrated for you in fantasy. 
Yeah, if he keeps, you know, we've seen him just increase in targets every year now. So if that keeps going up, uh, which it could, I mean, you know, 64 targets. If he gives you 64 targets in the season every year, you're going to be really happy with that. Um, that was the threshold that we were really looking at. You know, what can he get to about 60 targets? Um, and I don't think that's going away. I don't know what Kenyon Drake's contract is like, but he still was getting targets with Drake healthy so i'm not too concerned about that um so yes i do think he's underrated i think that he could be a nice buy for you in dynasty yeah no definitely i think he showed us that i mean we'll see what happens with Drake, but he showed us with a a bigger workload that he can be very impressive for fantasy but jibs you know are you on the same you know you know path as us as an underrated asset that could be end up being very big for you in fantasy Oh, yeah, I even got a share Josh Jacobs this offseason when I swooped him in. But um, I, I like it because, like, even though he's, like, wildly inconsistent and he, like, kind of is, like, a touchdown-dependent guy at sometimes, but I do like what he did this year with his targets. Like, I believe he had, like, 50, 50, six, yeah, 54 receptions and 64 targets. And, like, I know Hunter Renfro and Waller basically are, like, the top two dogs in that offense, but I think, like, if another year under his belt, I think he'd become like that nice third option that could be consistent for um, their car to lean on because obviously they're still trying to get Brylon Edwards involved up speed on the offense. And then I know um, who'd have was Zay Jones kind of emerged later. So, you know, we're not going to know who's going to be like the main cogs of the offense, but I think Josh Jacobs, he leads basically the team in rushing attempts. And then even when um, Kenyon Drake was like, kind of having a couple good games is still he wasn't getting that much uh, run so i think he's a pretty much a workhorse but it's just can he get all the touchdowns that's the only thing but i love him as a um because no one's really everyone wants all the glitz and glamour i think josh jacobs is like that bunch pale guy that no one wants that you can get for um cheaper right i mean he's scored seven touchdowns each of his first three seasons so it's been pretty good my only concerns is what josh mcdaniels does to the offense now that he's the coach does he follow that bill belichick committee approach where he brings in a third down passing back and kinds of takes his 64 targets away from josh jacobs that's my only concern hopefully it doesn't happen here but i feel like people are so down on josh jacobs that He's going to see the rushing workload and probably the goal line opportunity in the offense, which goal lines usually mean touchdowns, which touchdowns usually mean great fantasy points. So he's still, he's still at the me, he's that underrated guy, but I'm not sure he's going to have that high passing target that we saw this coming season. So we'll see how it works, but definitely a good underrated option for an RB2 option for you. Also think about it, like two years ago after his rookie season, like everyone went to the house for him and he's just kind of been stirred through the mud and look at his value now. I think that's just basically perfect time to, to jump in. Right. No, definitely. Definitely. All right. So over to a teammate of his and Hunter Renfro, who blew up this season in fantasy football, finished wide receiver 11. Uh, fantastic slot wide receiver here. And we know, uh, the Patriots system has, you know, has dealt with some good slot receivers over their time there. Now Josh McDaniels is in, uh, you know, Vegas right now. You know, it can't, is he a top 20 wide receiver moving forward, Coach Jibs, or was this a just a fluke season for him? 
No, I think he's a top 20 wide receiver. I don't know about, like, Dynasty, like, in totality, but, like, he's basically the guy who moves the chains on the offense. He's basically, they say, third and run throw for a reason. And, um, like, 100 targets, 117 targets. So we've seen, like, him have his career year without, basically, Henry Ruggs. We know Walter's kind of in and out of the offense. But still, I think Hunter Renfro has – basically the avenue to get enough volume to be a top 20 receiver. So that's why he's a top 20 for me. Okay. Uh, I, I respect your opinion on that for sure. So Steve, man, or do you agree with the, with coach Jibs? Are you in the top 20 for him or do you believe it was kind of fluky with him this year? Yeah, it was tough just because uh, Waller was out so often. Once Waller was back, we still saw the same thing though. So it's not like, you know, that went away when Waller came back. Um, I don't think it's going away. I don't know about top 20, but I think that his draft value will be interesting. I don't have ADP in front of me, but uh, you know, oh my God. He, he's probably going to be high for like redraft. He probably might be too high. You know, I, I would, I would assume he's going to be, but can he be like that fringe wide receiver two from season to season? I think so. Yeah, I think he could be fringe like top twenty four. I'm scared. I'm I'm hesitant to say top twenty, but I'll definitely say he's a top twenty four uh, receiver next year. Okay, I, I could simmer down and agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think he's a bit close. It's gonna be pretty close. He's definitely a wide receiver sure. three. He's definitely a wide receiver three. <laughs> right, of course, absolutely. He's definitely a very strong wide receiver three. I I, I can't put him as a wide receiver two personally. I really want to see what happens this all season because I know I hate to speculate on what happens, but the fact that the Raiders at a an elite wide receiver is likely this off season, hopefully. And I don't, I can't imagine them just going in the season with Renfell and Waller as their top two options. I feel like they have to bring somebody else in. Again, Drake London. Drake London, that'd be nice uh, for sure. But we'll see what happens. I, to me, I have him as a big sell high right now if someone's willing to pay up for him. I don't know if people are buying it. That's the thing. So you're kind of stuck with him and hope that McDaniel's offense features Hunter Renfell. And he's a good wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. It's just that can it be consistent over his career? And that's something that I'm still unknown for, unsure about. So, yeah. All right. So let's head over to their quarterback situation. And Derek Carr, who's rumored to get $40 million this season, uh, and a new possible contract here. And he started off the season really hot, and then he kind of fell apart a little bit in the end of the season, really didn't on a per-game basis, kind of really made you just pull your hair out after you probably traded for him mid-season like I did. Uh, but, Steve, you know, is Derek Carr for you, is he someone that can still show us more with in this new-look offense they're going to provide for us this year? Or have we seen the best of Derek Carr at this point? It felt like the first half or like the first four or five games of last year was like he was that was the best you might get out of him as far because he was like up there in terms of like yards per game for for a quarterback position for a little while. Um, I I think I'm I'm worried about that the hype is going to be too much with Josh McDaniels coming in. Think people are going to think it's going to be this high power offense. It it could be, but they will need more weapons if that's going to be the case. They're not going to be able to get by with, you know, Zay Jones and Brandon Edwards. They're not, you know, hardly using. So, yeah, they're going to need to bring in a little bit more if he's going to do anything. But, you know, I, I can't get excited about Derek Carr. I'm, I'm 
I'm, not, I'm never a Derek Carr guy. That's just who I am. Like, I'm not. I'm not a Derek Carr guy in fantasy. I don't think a lot of people are. <laughs> Coach Jibs, what about you, my friend? Are, are you a Derek Carr guy, or you know, we're not there? I'm not a Derek Carr guy. Like, I, I just don't know what's up with the guy. Like, I feel like every year, besides like the MVP season, like the guy just, like you said, comes out the gate hard, hot, and then like he just turns into a pumpkin by like winter time. Late January games, I don't know. You can't play in the cold. I don't know what it is with him. But, like, obviously he could show us more. Like, that he has we, – we've seen him reach the ceiling to a point. Can he get back up there? We don't know. But, like, hopefully, like you said, the Raiders get him more weapons. And then, obviously, if Josh McDaniels' second chance as a coach goes well, hopefully he gets Derek Carr back to his MVP ways. But until then, nah, I don't want nothing to do with him. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. I definitely made a couple trades mid-season for him, and it definitely hurt me a little bit. But I, I, I just don't see a, another level where we're seeing Derek Carr. Yeah, he's got a lot of yardage, and he's put up big yardages over his career, which is good. But the most important thing is the touchdowns. And, you know, you're getting 23 touchdowns this season. That's not really high-end QB1 numbers. He, he, I think you're looking at him as a safe, you know, right outside the top 12 quarterback who – can help you out a couple in a couple weeks, but eventually over a season long will just hurt your fantasy value and your roster. So I think we've seen the best of Derek Carr. I don't think Derek Carr is going to provide a a bigger level in this offense, or the offense is going to take a step where they're averaging thirty five a game or having that Kansas City like Los Angeles Chargers Chargers or Raider Raider Rams like offense. They're not going to have that high scoring offense. I think they're going to be. Uh, kind of a middle of the pack team, and Derek Carr's going to be a middle of the pack quarterback over your dynasty seasons. So, <laughs> all right, so let's head over to the next team here. A team I just mentioned a second ago, the Los Angeles Chargers. They're doing all right, they're doing pretty good here with their quarterback situation. And Coach Jibs, you know, Justin Herbert, man, is he part of that elite group that I kind of mentioned early on the Mahomes, the Allens? Now, is he part of that? No doubt moving forward. Uh, I will say yeah and it's kind of puzzles me to say it because I'm obviously in the camp of like the mobile quarterbacks are usually like kings maybe like during redraft and like all that crap but for you to have a a guy like Justin Herbert basically to say the least like he could be another one of these generational talents to lead your quarterback your dynasty team for another 10 years to say the least like it's looking good and his camp so um 30 touchdowns back-to-back years like this guy two to one pass it touchdown to interception ratio coach wants to go for it on fourth down all the time get you some more fantasy numbers like what, what what can you ask for and like i love herbert so yeah i don't want to gush over him anymore i'll save <laughs> hey give you some rushing numbers too like modestly 260 50 yards per game uh, for season so Dolphins should have picked him. Yeah, well, you can't go back on that. <laughs> so, but I can't disagree. That he's been a great fantasy asset for us over the last two seasons. Uh, Steve, my man, you know, how are you on is on Herbert? Is he in that top three now for you? Is he in that top five, whatever you want to call it, in fantasy dynasty quarterbacks? Yeah, he really is. I mean, he's elite uh, when it comes to dynasty assets right now at the quarterback position. Um you know, and look, 300 rushing yards. Hey, man, I'm not mad at it. You're going to tackle. 
You t- give him 300 a year. If you're throwing 5,000 uh, passing yards, yeah, give me an extra 300. That's great. I mean, he obviously has wheels. He showed it a couple times this year. I mean, he had yeah, what, that one game, right, against Pittsburgh, 90 rushing yards was crazy. I mean, he was getting loose on these guys, and it reminds you of Josh Allen to a certain extent. He's not as athletic, but he is big like Josh Allen. So, you know, can he get more than 300 rushing yards in a year? I, I think he can. I think he can get like 400, 450, and then you're talking about, okay, yeah, he's not a mobile quarterback, but he just gave me 450 on top of 5,000-plus. I mean, he does. That is the extra you might need when you're talking about differentiating the three, quarterback four, quarterback three. So yeah, he's at elite right now. Um, you know, I, I, it's tough to say what number he is, but he's up there with with Allen and and Mahomes. He, he's up there. I'm on, I'm on the same page with you guys. You know, like he is definitely in that top five discussion for sure. He should be in there hundred percent. I mean, what he's done over the first two seasons of his career has been nothing short, but fantastic. Uh, you know, all-star level kind of production here, especially for fantasy football. I mean, you see him when he's, when he's on fire, I mean, he is just dominating your fantasy team here. It will be interesting to see how the offense looks. If a guy like Mike Williams leaves and, and some of the other pieces on the offense and he out, see how, that affects his overall game, but you're looking at a guy who had, you know, a lot of question marks by throwing the ball, but he cleared that up in the first game of his career. I mean, he, he is a guy in dynasty you want to hold on to. And if you got him on a discount, which more than likely you did, you're sitting pretty for the next decade with a guy like Justin Herbert right now, quarterback. All right, so over to his wide receivers here that is a pending free agent right now and Mike Williams, guys. Steve, I'm going to let you go first on this. Are we buying the Mike Williams breakout for his future fantasy seasons or was was this the peak of his career right here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can guarantee that he's going to be with the Chargers for the next five years, then that's something different than – if he were to leave because the chargers complete opposite of the Raiders, they give the offense weapons, you know? So you're talking about, they've, they're already bringing in guys that if, you know, Mike Williams were to leave, we saw last year when both Williams and Allen were out, other pieces stepped up. Josh Palmer is a really good receiver. And I think if Mike Williams left, this team wouldn't be hurting as bad, um, you know, than other situations where maybe a receiver would leave their team. However, Mike Williams is great for Justin Herbert to have that combination of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen for Herbert in particular is very nice for, and you know, and you add in Eckler. Um, it's very nice for Herbert as a whole for Williams in particular. I, I got to see what's going on, how, you know, with, with his contract, with what, cause do you have any, do we have contract numbers uh, in front of us? Or he, he's a free agent right now, Mike Williams. Mike Williams is a free agent, yes. 100%. So yeah, like well, if he, I, I would love to wait. If he's on my team right now, I, I gotta wait and see what happens with Mike Williams. Yeah, no, he is definitely a tricky situation for sure. Coach Jibs, my friend, uh, are you buying the breakout? You know, you know, Steve already said that if he stays in with the Chargers, it, it looks kind of good for him. But if he, you know, moves on, does that breakout follow him? I think he's better suited with the Chargers. Like the grass ain't greener on the other side in some instances. And he he could go like like say for instance, he could like go to another team and he could be like Corey Davis for, for the Jets. Just like 
missing time, doing this, get contract, get paid, whatever, seek the money. But if you can stay home, the Chargers are like, I know like they're not like the most notorious franchise for actually playing their players when they want to, but they have a lot of cap space. So I don't see like, why not? Like look what Joe Burrow did with the Cincinnati Bengals. Go get my man. If Justin Herbert wants his guy to stay there, you stick with your guy. And I think if he stays with the Chargers, I think he's going to have – I don't think he's going to have, like, as crazy numbers as he did last year. But I think he could kind of simmer down and be more of a respectable, I guess, low-end wide receiver too. But he's – like, like you guys said, he's an interesting case because, like, he could, like, jump in the situation now, but you definitely don't know what you're going to get out of the bag. Right. And I think the best way to use Mike Williams is a guy is kind of waiting, wait and see what he happens this real off, off season. I don't think any, I don't think he's a sell high at the moment because what he failed to do the second half of the season here, you know, you see, you know, average five targets, just two touchdowns outside of the top 25 wide receivers, you know, people remember those kind of things at the end of the season here, unfortunately. And I think once he signs back with the chargers for me personally, I'm I'm selling on him. I mean, I like what I saw this year. It was great. How you know does it does it stay consistent? I'm concerned it doesn't. We've seen Mike Williams kind of struggle to put it all together on a year to year basis, whether it's the yards one year, the touchdowns one year, and then he consistently gets injured. And he was injured this season here. He just he scares me as a as a long term contributor. And I think if he signs with the Chargers, sell him off and sell the hype with him and Herbert again. If he goes to another team it might be harder. Like if he ends up with the Raiders, like does he really possess that high end value that he was with the chargers? I, I don't see it the same. So it's, it's either kind of hold and see what happens and hope for the best kind of with Mike Williams. But uh, I, I love for him to continue that success, but I, I'm not buying it fully yet. All right. So over to the last player on the Chargers here, and it's Austin Eckler guys. And Austin Eckler really stepped up as a fantasy wide receiver this year. There were a lot of questions about him as a goal linebacker, or can he sustain playing a full season where he sees the big workload? And he, he showed that he can handle a pretty decent workload for sure, and he can score touchdowns every which way, no matter where it is. And, you know, is he, to you guys, Jibs, I'll let you go first on this one. Is he in that conversation for you as a, you know, as a top five dynasty RB now, based off mm-hmm. what you're seeing with everyone else in the league now? He's still somewhat young. He's on a great offense and he's being involved in the passing game like no other. Is he in that top five category for you? I'll say he is for this year. And uh, for me, like he obviously showed it with his stats last year. There's receiving work, his rushing ability. There's not that much talent behind him either. So I don't expect none of that to go away from him. He's playing with a good quarterback. But I think it also has to do with like the state of the running back position. Like you have guys like Zeke, you have Tony Pollard emerging, low efficiency, Camara, there's no quarterback. Like he really didn't have much of a great year last year. Barkley's not doing anything for you. Christian McCaffrey's kind of dinged up. Derrick Henry's getting older. So, like, the state of the running back position, there's a lot of moving pieces. You got, like, some young guys that you like better, too. So, like, I think based off, like, the way I do it for Dynasty, I think Eckler would be a top five running back in my current scenario right now. I love it. I love it for sure. I mean, I have him in a bunch of places, and I'm very thrilled about it. Steve, man, over to you, buddy. Are, are, does Austin Eckler fit your top five? RB category right now. Yeah, I think he's there. Um, he's probably like four or five in, in dynasty right now. Um, I'm kind of viewing him as 
Tyree Kill of like the running backs right now in the sense that you can say for the next two years, he's probably going to be a top five asset for you. Um, but it's not out of the realm of, of discussion to start looking because he is 26. And let's say like, I mean, he was kind of, did he play all 16 games this year? I think he did. No. He did? He did? I thought he got hurt. For... Was that with COVID maybe? I'll look. Oh, he did miss. He missed the Houston game. Okay. Right, right. Because he played 16, not 17. Right, right. Mm-hmm. 17 games. So anyway, what my point is, there might be a situation where you could get younger and not necessarily like worse. Because if you got Jalen Waddle in that package earlier, you might be feeling pretty good. What if you could get like DeAndre Swift? for Eckler and then maybe a piece with Swift. I mean, you know, right now, like I view Swift as a very good asset, like elite asset. He's not a top five dynasty running back right now, but what he can be is Austin Eckler. You know what I mean? He can be Austin Eckler of last year. What we we just saw, he can be that. So, you know, I, I think that he is in that top five discussion. He's definitely like, if you want to, uh, start looking though and see what you could get from him. I think it's not a bad idea. Uh, I can kind of, I can agree with it. Honestly, I think, you know, if you guys haven't mentioned me say, you know, look at value of players, you know, when's the best time to sell. This is a great time to sell El Snackler. If you're not a team who is automatically, you know that you're, you're in that competition for the finals next year. El Snackler is a good time to go out and trade him for his highest possible value because next year it'll be 27. Who wants to trade for a 27 year old running back? Not a single fantasy owner wants to say that they're going to want to trade for at that peak value this year. You might be able to get away with it because he was so electric last year and his value in the passing game makes so much sense. 70 receptions, 50 each over the last three years. He is someone right now is it's a great sell high. And if you have to hold on to him, you hold on to him, but he's going to provide you with top five fantasy numbers at least I would say probably this year and maybe next year here too. So he is a good fantasy asset to own. And he's also a great fantasy asset to trade now and get, like Steve said, a guy like Swift and plus or someone else plus right now. All right. And I believe that is the last chargers here. And we got our last of it, last team of the night here, guys, the Denver Broncos in here, and they are somewhat of a mess. And we'll start with their tight end situation because they have so many young players. And we'll start with Noah Fant. And Noah Fant coming out, he looked. Oh, he did not finish tight end two. He finished tight end 12, guys. Sorry about that uh, mix up in there. But he has someone since coming out in the 2019 draft. It was just so as an athletic ability, electric, someone who was like could possibly be that next top tier lead tight end. But it's kind of been in that low end tight end one category here. And and Steve, you know, can Noah Fan still reach that elite level talent? Definitely. Uh, he really can. And so, you know, we saw the ankle injury that's bothered him definitely this past year. But I think it also bothered him at the end of the 2020 season. So now we're talking about like two years of an ankle injury kind of like, you know, hobbling him throughout the season. And he still ended up putting up decent numbers. And it's, you know, it's a shame, you know, because you're looking at it and you're like, it's just not doing anything for me. You know, this isn't jumping off the page. He's not Mark Andrews. Uh, he's not even, you know, TJ Hawkinson right now. But that all changes if they get a quarterback and it'll change fast. Um, it's kind of, you know, they use two tight ends. So that's kind of an issue. So they're going to use Alberto, who's very good. 
um, and played very well this year. And a lot of times, you know, he was a good option um, and better than a hobbled Noah fan. So that's one thing to maybe be concerned about, but it only takes a quarterback for him to go from tight end 12 to like tight end six, seven. Yeah, no, uh, it, it, it really is. And I think there's a lot of like variables to his career moving forward here. And I think a lot of it comes down to the quarterback situation, but coach Jibs, where are you about to know a fan right now for dynasty? Is he someone that you are trying to buy into because he can reach that level or is, is he not there for you? I know I like him as a player and he definitely has a talent to be a great tight end in the NFL. But for me, I'm just kind of turned off with the abundance of wide receiver weapons they have available, all signed up. They have a Albert O behind them. There's a surplus of weapons, Javante Williams when they're involved. So like, obviously the quarterback needs to be fixed and like, I'm just out on it. Cause like, I'll be sourpuss when I'm like someone else nice comes in there and then like everyone's just like cashed in on Noah fan shares because they bought them cheap right now. But I, I don't want nothing to do with it because still, even if someone does come there, he still has to play sometimes even third fill us yeah. on a Sunday. Right, exactly. And and I'm kind of in the middle when it comes to Noah fan right now. His, his value moving forward will really depend on who plays quarterback over the next three or four seasons for him. I mean, He's a good buy low option right now because I feel like a lot of fantasy owners are kind of down on him. They're like, okay, you know, we haven't really seen that next level step. So people might be more willing to trade him. I actually just traded away Michael Gallup to get Noah Fan right now because I had literally no single tight end. And I thought that was a good option, a good risk to take because we don't know what the quarterback situation is. God forbid Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Sean Watson goes there. That's going to raise his value through the roof. He will probably be untradeable for the next two seasons after that. So it's a good time to buy Noah fan because I think he has the talent, but it comes with a lot of risk because you just don't know who the quarterback situation is. So you have to kind of take that into consideration when acquiring, but trying to sell them off right now is probably the wrong idea. All right. So let's talk about someone we all really love in Denver, at least. And it's Javante Williams. And I did not change the photo for him. So that's awesome but joe javante williams as we all know was former second round pick and had a split time this coming season with Malcolm gordon now marvin gordon is a free agent and we don't know with that yet but he is a free agent so and i believe there was a rumor that said on twitter somewhere that javante williams is the rb1 on this team no matter who they bring back or bring into the backfield so you're assuming that he's going to be their rb1 next season here now young running back coach jibs you know are you i'm trying to remember what question i had here hold on hold on hold on hold on what was the question is his breakout coming this season are you expecting a big breakout season from javante williams well i didn't know melvin was a free agent so jesus christ like i was about to just be like well like you know, Denver still uses like the 50 50 committee running backs, and they've done it for four years and all that good stuff. But goddamn, if they give, I think Javante could have a pretty good breakout if they give him 10% more of a snap share than whoever is the second guy there. Anything greater than that, like if it's 20%, if he's turning a 70% running back share over some scrub collecting peanuts on third down, oh my God, he's going to be filthy next year. But it all depends. Because um, historically, it's been split. And 
that's a large sample size. Right. And I, th- I think, I, I think you're right. I mean, Melvin Gordon has a chance to come back still. There's, there's no reason why he wouldn't come want to come back for sure. Steve, uh, are you into the breakout of Javante Williams, no matter what happens this season? Yeah, uh, I am. I think that he's somebody in redraft who I want to walk away with because of that chance of him going crazy. Um, even with a 50% workload, you know that he's an RB2. All right, well, if he gets more than that, then you then this we don't know the ceiling. And that's what's great about fantasy when you're drafting players. Um, I want the unknown a lot of times. And, you know, we, we think we know that it, he, it's going to happen eventually. We have no idea. We have no idea. You know, it could be like, like Gibbs is saying. I mean, it, the 50-50 split might not necessarily go away. Why would it? They have no reason not to bring back Melvin Gordon and split both of them. But even if that happens, that might be more reason to bank on Javante and bank on everyone else that wants to go away from Javante. All of a sudden, Melvin Gordon, who is, what, 28 years old, pulls a hamstring, and then it's it's Javante. And you, I think you can bank – you can not bank on that, but it, it's very likely when one older running back is going to go down and then the young buck is there and he's going to grind it out and be the workhorse. That's a very likely scenario, even if they bring back Melvin Gordon. So I'm going after him, um, and I think that I would even almost prefer it in a way because I know that that will drive down his value, where if Melvin Gordon is gone, you can forget getting Javante Williams because he's going to be a second-round pick. Right, right. And let me, let, me, let me bring this trade scenario here for you guys. Javante Williams, a first in this draft, let's say a late first and a mid-first in 23. For Jonathan Taylor, you know, would you give up Jonathan Taylor to get Javante Williams? And let's let's say two mid first round picks, the one this year, one next year. Is his upside in Javante Williams enough for you to go after him and get rid of a guy like Jonathan Taylor? No, it's it's not there for not you. Not for me. No, okay. I would Just, keep Taylor. Okay, I just wanted to see how how high his value for you guys were on that note there with, with Jonathan Taylor as the obviously number one dynasty option right now. But yeah, guys, I mean, if you can acquire him, you definitely should. It might be harder now, but he, he has that talent to be a top five guy. He's not there currently right now, obviously, but he has that talent. We'll see if it, if it comes about, but he's, he's worth buying into if you can, that, that's what I'm kind of saying. Javante Williams is definitely worth buying into. All right, so over to the last topic of the night, guys, the wide receiver room, which is probably the most crowded room in terms of wide receivers outside of Dallas, of course. But you have Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, who we're all going to highlight here. You even have K.J. Hamler if you like him. But out of these top three wide receivers, who is the bargain for you that provides the highest ceiling still for you guys? Coach Shibs, who is out of this bunch here? Who can you think you can get on the lowest value that will provide you the highest possible ceiling? Um, Sutton, I think. Uh, because he's not going to be as high in value as Jerry Judy coming out of the draft a year ago. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Patrick as well, but like I don't think his ceiling can be Sutton's ceiling. So. Yeah, I, I, lo- I love that, honestly. Steve, what about you? Yeah, that's tough between Sutton and Judy as far as – well, highest ceiling to me is is Judy, and I think you can definitely get him at a discount. Um, but Sutton has shown – you know, that he can be like the wide receiver one on his team. 
And I think that he has the ability and the skill set to even be like the main target, even with Jerry Judy. Um, but assuming like the best, like which would be like, I guess, Aaron Rodgers coming in. Um, I think Judy's ceiling would be just so much higher with with a really with a, ta- a quarterback with a talented arm uh, that wants to drive the ball down the field or just at least knows how to get a talented receiver the ball in space underneath. Judy's the kind of guy who can take you know a ten yard slant and take it to the house. Like where Sutton isn't necessarily like that. So that's why I would say the higher ceiling with Judy. And I still think that he's a great like try to get him now in Dynasty for sure. Right. Absolutely. And I think all of them are good values to obtain right now in Dynasty. If you're looking to grab wide receivers, the unknown of what if Aaron Rodgers, what if Watson, what if Russell Wilson comes there? All of these guys' values are going to shoot through the roof once that happens here. So getting any one of these three wide receivers makes sense. Uh, I can agree with Steve that like Jerry Judy probably still has the highest ceiling, but he was a former first round pick for a lot of people. So him getting traded, people might not be as willing. Sutton. I think might provide you, you might be able to get him for very cheap and provide similar, maybe not as big as Judy, but similar ceiling uh, that could provide like a low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two level to his game here. So I think any one of these guys can go wrong with to me, Sutton, I think provides the best value for your bargain, but all these guys are fantastic here for sure. But we'll see. Denver could be a very hot spot for fantasy owners. In just a month from now. So we'll, we'll see how that kind of rolls, role plays over the next few months. So, all right. So that is uh that's going to end our episode tonight, guys. We thank you so much for listening in Steve, buddy. You were a great guest as always, man. It was a pleasure having you on. Uh, if there's anything you want to mention about your guys' stuff, this is your time now, my friend. Yeah, man, it's the hot take podcast. And again, thanks for having me on. Like I said, it's always a pleasure. I love, uh, I love chop, uh, chatting it up with you guys, but um, yeah, it's the hot take podcast. We're wherever you listen to pods. Um, and then we also go live, uh, and you know, like I said, we're going to be doing some startup mocks soon. Uh, we've got fun off-season content ahead, and then uh, I'm going to be uh, again uh, doing uh, the Roto Underworld World Famous Draft Kit. I'm going to do a couple player profiles. The only one I did last year was Debo Samuel. That ended up working out well. I was very happy about that. Hey, hey, love it. I'm definitely going to check it out this year as I need to know some more players for next season. So. <laughs> But yeah, again, Steve, we appreciate you so much for jumping on. You know, it's great to have you on. We'll definitely have to get you back on in the future. And uh, Kyle, my friend, if you're listening out there, man, thanks for tuning in as always, brother. Uh, loved your little take on there. I, I would be okay giving up Javante, uh, JT for Javante at 223 first, personally. Uh, everyone might feel a little different about it, but I, I, love the, I love the trade talk for sure. Coach Jibs, anything else you want to mention before we head out tonight? No, man, I miss football. Yeah, it's (laughs) seven months ago now, boys. It's a long, dark winter right now. (laughs) Thankfully, there's a summertime in between, so keep us us, uh, sane for sure. But uh, we thank you guys for all listening in. And once again, uh, we'll be back next week with our hopefully big breaking news. And we'll keep on going with these uh, division rewinds. So thank you guys all for listening. Tune in until next time, guys, and have a great one.
The back is not far fetched. We got a couple of clock cans. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like poopers, scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act, interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players cover this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. I listen up. Jack, I'ma head back, back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, go.